0: be seated thank you very much so I just want to pray first and um, before I do that I want to give honor well that ain't gonna stay but anyway I want to give honor what honor is due and um, I'm gonna try not to fall off the stage tonight because I got a tendency to roam around so Miss Maria is gonna keep me in in check anyway so I want to give honor to pastors Kevin and Devin this is a uh, It's about 24 years in the making for me, and uh, it's a full circle moment for me, and uh, because I knew our pastors before they were married, and I was at leave with them, and so to go 24 years to this moment is very humbling, and and it's very, very amazing just to be under their leadership and just to be serving with them and for them, and uh, so tonight I honor them for giving me this opportunity because... You know, this is a very special pulpit, not because of who they are, but because of God, what God is in them. And uh, so I just want to give honor with honors due. So yeah, amen. Our pastors are amazing. So I want to pray, and then, uh, then we'll get right into this, okay? Lord God, I praise you. And I honor you tonight, Father. Tell my mother to not critique me too bad tonight as she's with you up there. Because I know. I know you have ordained my steps and ordered them. I don't take that lightly. I don't try to get on any kind of pedestal, Father. I am here for you and you alone. And I believe that you have a word for us tonight not just a surface word, but a deep word that you want to speak to every person. So God, tonight I pray for the heart of every person in this place. I pray that that heart is open. My, 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 what an an unbelievable just time of worship, Father. And as I was down there standing and worshiping, God, I was praying the whole time that you would open hearts. For the word, not mine, but yours. Because, Father, we just don't need a Wednesday night word. We need an everyday word, Father. And that's what I believe that you have tonight for us, including me. So, Father, let us have fun tonight. Let us be real tonight. Let us be transparent tonight. But most of all, let us hear you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so my last name is Hanrahan. That's a really weird last name. And uh, I got called Hammerhead. I got called Hanrahan all the time during high school and college. So Hanrahan is the way you say it. So that is me, Jeremy Hanrahan. And I'm the Connections pastor here at Chattanooga. You may have seen me in the four-year summer on Sundays and Wednesdays. So Now that you've seen the face say hey to me when you're out there uh, because I don't want to miss you so all right here we go connected it's a it's a thing that it takes a lot of us a lot of time to learn how to do is to get connected and we all have our own ways of thinking of what being connected in the church in life in everyday life in our jobs we have different opinions about what it is but tonight I want to show you what the Father says about you being connected. Because he sees connection as a very, very, very important thing. He doesn't downplay it. He doesn't put it to the side. He doesn't try to say, well, let's talk about it once a year. To me and to him and the way I see it, it's an everyday issue that we need to step out and say, Father, teach us every day how to connect to you and to others. That's the key. It's not just to him but it's to others around us so let's talk about this what is being connected what is the definition of being connected being connected is being brought together or into contact so that an actual link is established joining and linking together so as to provide access and communication access and communication Think about how hard that is for you or how easy it is for you in day-to-day life. For you to give access to someone, something, and also for you to communicate to someone or something. In essence, that's being connected. So how connected are you when it comes to access to you and when it comes to you communicating to someone? Connection. So let's talk about Connecting. Let me give you some examples here. The cell phone. Where's my cell phone at? This is a priority for a ton of people including myself So I get it in my car and it goes on to my whatever systems in my car Where I can talk and not have to be on the phone. I he's got that in your car. Love it then hate it sometimes because I get in the car and my wife is coming home from work and I'm getting in the car, and I'm going home, where we're having a great conversation. And I'm fixing to go do something else, so I want to finish the conversation before I get to that destination of mine. And all of a sudden, you hear this, and I'm like, what in the world are you trying to say? And I don't hear nothing. And I'm like, hello, hello. And then all of a sudden, I hear this, Jeremy! And I'm like, whoa, what happened? We got disconnected. And see, what happens to most of us when our situation is I always get disconnected before I get to my destination. That's connection. The next thing is the dinner table. How many you have ever had that awkward dinner conversation or awkward dinner with people that you either know or you don't know? Well, my kids and I, back in the day, sometimes now, but more back in the day, we all have our own agenda when we get to the dinner table. There was no connection. Or my kids would be staring off in space as they're eating, and I'm like, what are you looking at? Oh, nothing, just eating. And there would always be this disconnect. And the problem with that is when we take time to be still, connection is so important. When I take time out of my busy day, quote-unquote busy, and I sit still with my family, what are my connection points? Do I even care about connecting with my kids? Are they that important enough, or is people out in my world important enough? When I sit down at a dinner table, are they important enough to show connection with eyes, ears, and words? connection is so important the next thing is the internet connection now a few years ago we were at our house and my in-laws are back there and they live with us and we we had the router downstairs where they live and so we all got iPads and we got some phones and we got Roku and if you don't know what that is it's just like a streaming service so everybody uses the internet in our house and all of a sudden the router went down and the internet went out you'd have thought the apocalypse had happened Why? Because the connection was lost. Here's another area of connection. We weren't expecting it. We were wanting to keep on in our connection and keep on pushing and keep on pushing. But my kids, instead of trying to find the reason why there was a disconnection, they got mad went crazy and all of a sudden they just found something else to do. They didn't really care about finding out the real reason why there was a disconnect. And a lot of times that happens in our lives. When something gets disconnected, we pull an uproar, but then all of a sudden we're just like, yeah, okay, we're going to the next thing. And we forget about the connections that mean the most to us and the connections that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. Give you another example, last one, well, for this one. The key to my car. This is the fob. Most of you have fobs now that go in your car and you just push a button, which is beyond me, phenomenal. But a a little while back, the other one of these that I have, I went outside and I was getting my car, going to a place, and I got out of my car and went inside a place I had to go to get something real quick. Came back out and my hatch was wide open. I was like, "What in the world?" Went and closed it. Got in the car kept trying to open my hatch, and I was like, "What or what is going on? And then I got out to my next destination and pulled my keys out of my car and barely touched it, and my back door came open. I was like, are you kidding? And see, here's the problem with that. I came to a disconnection that I really didn't know how to fix, and I didn't know who to call because I didn't have a plan in place to fix the link. I didn't study enough. I didn't read enough in this situation to find out who I needed to call or who I needed to get to help me get the link back together so my file would work. It's the same way in our relationship with the Father. We don't read enough. We don't spend time enough. We're not with him enough. A lot of times to find out what the disconnection is and how we can get it to another place where it's linked back up. Connection. The Father wants it to be a lifestyle that we live in, not a me style, a lifestyle. So, let's go here. I'm the connection pastor here, so I want to connect with you tonight. So here's how I'm going to connect with you. I want to give you a link of how to connect with me. What this is going to do is this is going to give you just a little bit about me, and then we can produce a relationship or some kind of friendship outside of this because I'm giving you a link tonight, okay? What is this? McDonald's. If you need to know one thing about me, this is my favorite food in the world, I could eat McDonald's literally for every meal of the day if I, could, if I was allowed to do that. We were at Lee my sophomore year, and we, living in the dorms, of course, many things going on in the dorms, but this one guy worked for McDonald's. And so we were like, okay, that's a good connection, get some free food, get a little percentage off, hey, we're going to get to eat some McDonald's here. Well, it was a lot better than that. He worked the night shift. They can't throw food, or they're, they're going to throw food away. They can't keep it. So he come home with 10 to 12 bags at a time every night that he worked, and every guy's in the dorm would just come and just consume it, okay? But that's not where I got my connection there. My connection was there as I had all the birthday parties when I was growing up with Ronald, with the Hamburglar, with all the boys and all the girls, and I grew up in that. So I'm telling you, when I tell you, I love McDonald's. When I left my last church, we, uh, we, we didn't burn bridges. We left the right way, and I benefited from it. We were children's pastors, also along being youth pastors of the last church, and we had they did a, a little thing for us at the last service we were at, and all the kids... You know, we sat on the front row, and they came down the aisles. We are like, what are they doing? They came and handed us $10 McDonald gift cards, every one of them. I was in heaven. And, buddy, I made those cards stretch so I could enjoy every bit of them. So guess what my link is right now to you is McDonald's. So my goal for that is is when you see the Golden Arches, when you see Ronald on a commercial, When you see anything, you're going to remember Pastor Jeremy loves McDonald's. My next thing, if they would play that for me, that would be great. How many knows what this is? All right, you can cut it. I love Andy Griffith. I can't begin to tell you how much I love it. I love it so much that when I was at another church back in the early 2000s, I led the Andy Griffith Bible study on Wednesday nights. That's how much I love Andy Griffith. Now, is that all God? Probably not. But guess what? I love Andy Griffith. My bucket list is to go to Mount Airy, North Carolina, and stay at the Andy Griffith Hotel up there that I've heard about. So that's a link for you also with me. So guess what we just did in the last five minutes? We connected. Was it hard? No. Did it take a lot of your time? No. Will you remember that for a while? I hope so. Now, that was a little bit of quality time we just spent, correct? So guess what that should spurn in you and it should spurn in me is if I get that much quality out of five minutes... When I talk to you face-to-face, I'm going to want a little more time with you to share more about me and get some from you. So it's quality over quantity. Get the quality first, and you're going to want more quantity with me. Why? Because we connected. It's the same thing with the Father. It's amazing how we can spend five minutes with Him. And if we truly connect and link with Him, we're going to want more the next time. Instead of always worrying about quantity, how much we are gonna spend time with him, we're gonna be so focused on the quality that the quantity is gonna be just outrageous. Why? Because of connection. Connection is the word of the night. I'm gonna leave this right here so you can get a good taste of that. So let's talk about one more connection, and then we're gonna we're gonna get into some word here. So do you know you have another connection with somebody in this church that's on staff? He preaches every Sunday. His name is Pastor Kevin. I got a connection with him on this level right here. And it's probably the worst connection you can have with him. But we all have it for some reason, and he lets us know it a lot of times during the year. Something to do with Orange On and UT but it's sad because all these years that I've known him, he's always been a Tennessee fan and we've always had that link. And even in the years that I wasn't talking to him a whole lot, I always text him on the Tennessee-Georgia games. And especially if Georgia beat them, I would let him know immediately. But there's a link there. See what's crazy is a lot of times we get into life and we get into churches. And we want to be connected with the pastors and all the leaders and everybody else, and we forget all of the other people that's involved in this church. And then once you don't feel a connection to them, you start searching out the pastors and searching out the staff when you really already have a connection with us. Where is everybody else in your life that's in this place? Where's that connection? You hear us preach, or you hear people speak, or you hear leaders. If you're involved in serving all that, you are connected to those leaders. What about everyone else? So let's see what the Father has to say when it comes to connecting. So let's go to the greatest example of somebody who connected here on this earth. His name's Jesus. Amen. He was the perfect example of a lifestyle of healthy connection. So let's go to Mark 1, and I'm not going to go to the verses just yet. I'm going to go through Mark 1, okay? So here's what happened in Mark 1. If you want to read it later on, you can. I'm going to go basically up to verse 35, and then I'm going to read 35. But this is a synopsis of what happened in chapter 1, okay? First, he was getting baptized. Okay, I know he's God, but he was a man too. So for him to get baptized and then a voice from heaven come down and say, this is my son. Imagine what that would be like. Imagine how awesome inside you, you would just be like, man, that's great. This cloud nine connection that he had. Then the next thing, he went into the wilderness to have the cloud nine and saying, this is my son. Then go to the wilderness fast for 40 days and get tempted. (laughs) Wow. Wow. The up and the down. How many's ever had that in their life? You're up, you're down. Oh, my gosh, everything all around. Next, then he started the process of choosing and calling his disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and John. He came back from fasting, came back from battling the enemy, and now he had to pick and choose people to be with him, his disciples. He had to go through all that process. Then, he was teaching and he was casting out evil spirits. And he was healing. That takes a lot of energy, physically, mentally, spiritually. The guys who do worship, the pastors that pray in these altars, the people that really give their all into this, it It takes a lot out of you. And Jesus did the same thing. He was healing. He was teaching. He was casting out evil spirits. And the Bible says this right here, and it's so funny because we tend to think that it's a 9 to 5 thing during the day. But Jesus didn't work 9 to 5. In Mark 1, he said he was healing, casting out spirits, and teaching even after sunset. So you know what that lets me know? Is that Jesus knew how to connect to people. He knew how to connect to the people that needed him the most. And also to the people who didn't think they needed him. He knew how to connect. So then we go to verse 35. If you guys got that, yeah, perfect. It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight... How many of you love to get up early in the morning, people? Raise your hand. How many of you hate it? Here you go. Okay, so when it says he was up for a long while, that's, that's a long time. It says he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Verse 36 And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Isn't it amazing how our our Savior, Jesus, okay, he had to connect to the Father. Why can't we do that every day? It's all the things of connecting to the other things, the TV shows, the sporting events, everything else we love to connect with. But when the connection comes to being with our Savior, why can't we give that priority Every day, we do Wednesdays, we do Sundays, whenever we have something else to do. But when it comes to every day, Jesus needed that connection. He knew the importance and the balance of having a connection with the Father and with people. So here, Psalm 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm a simplistic guy. When I read the word, I know there's a lot of deeper meanings, but there's some verses. It's just like, you take it for what it is. And when that says, be still and know that I am God, how in the world could he ever say, we don't know what God is doing? How in the world can we ever say, I don't know where God is leading me? Because you know what? If you were still long enough, you can know who he is and what he wants you to do. I don't see any other place in there that I can get a super, super, super deeper meaning. Even if I can go in different avenues. But that verse is so self-explanatory. And Jesus knew how to do that. Why? Because he said he went to a solitary place. And he didn't tell nobody. He was going to learn the art of knowing his father's heart. By being with him and being still alone. But here's the other thing. They could not understand. They were oblivious that he needed the time alone. They were ready for him to go back doing all the other stuff. The cloud nine stuff. Come on, let's heal some more. Let's do all this. But he knew he had to make time for his father. Do you know that it's... Always a necessary thing as a Christian to always make time for our Father. So why don't we? If we know that in our head, we need to get it down to our heart and then get it out in our actions and what we do daily as far as connecting. Jesus connected well with his Father and he connected well with people. So let's look at another avenue of this. Matthew 22, verses 37. It says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And let's stop right there. Now, a commandment is this right here. It's a divine rule, an edict, or an order. That's pretty serious, Right? If he's saying this is the first and the great commandment, we need to perk up, our ears need to be open, and our eyes and mouth need to be saying, okay, we need to go after this. So what's the first and great commandment? It's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. Do we do that? You know what in essence that verse is? That's us connecting to him. Love the Lord God with all our heart connection, our soul connection. He's teaching us right here. This is what he wants. This is the connection he wants. So we go to the next verse. It says, and the second is like it. You shall love the, your neighbor as yourself. Next. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So these two are most important, and they're both really the same. Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is a person living or existing near or next door to another person. Jesus knew his neighbor. Do you? What kind of connection do you have with anybody in here tonight? If you can look around and pinpoint somebody out in this crowd, what kind of connection or link do you have with them? A lot of us don't. A lot of us have our own circles. We have our, we just stay right within our families. It's hard for us to get out and connect and link. And that is not what God wanted. He wanted us to connect to people, our neighbors, and to him. So why are we connecting to us all the time? Our lives become about us, me. But I don't see a commandment here that says, just love yourself, do whatever you want, have your way. He doesn't give that focus. He doesn't give that the main priority. He says, love me and love your neighbor. So when we don't have a lifestyle of connection, it leads us down a road of isolation. How many have ever been in an isolated space in their life? A place where they are just lost, they're alone, they feel out of sorts, they feel out of everything. There's a lot of church people that are like that. A lot of members of this church like that. I made a lot of calls to talk to people that just their first thing is I don't feel connected so I got something for you tonight and I got something for you to pick up out there tonight tonight is the start of summer wave well what's this for Jeremy this is for you to get connected to others to your neighbors and to God well I just don't know this ain't about you. There's one night of encounter, like tonight, the worship encounter, the word encounter. Then the next two Wednesdays, we're having two nights of equipping. Well, what is that? I ain't never heard what equipping is. Well, Let me tell you. You know why? Because I'm giving you a link here to connect so that you have no way in the world to say, I just don't know how to do it. Jesus never said that. He found ways to connect. He found ways to get his disciples connected. So here's how you can get connected. On the equip nights, we have have seven groups or Bible studies that you can be a part of. We have a map here that tells you how to get to them. You ain't got no excuse. Then on the back, we have every Bible study with the teachers and what the class is going to be about. We have the table with Pastor Gary Keelan. We have men's discipleship with Pastor Torrance Farmer. We have women's discipleship with Maria Feliciano. We have uh, a Spanish discipleship with Pastor Kim. We have a marriage and family discipleship with Greg and Kanina Adams. We have a faith foundation with Jennifer Keelan. And we got Connect Track, two parts now with me. But we have it, and it gives an explanation. So you can't say... I just don't know what it's about. I don't know who's leading it. Because you don't know how many times I've heard that in the past three months. So this is for the next three months, June, July, and August, that you have a chance to put into play Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. You can do that on Encounter Nights. Love the Lord God with all your heart. You can do that on equip nights by going and saying, you know what? It's important enough for me to get fed as a man or as a woman or as a couple that I will come to these. Because guess what? Your kids have places to go to on all four nights. You ain't got no excuse. So don't call me and tell me, well, I know another church that does it like this and it's a little bit better. Guess what? We're opening the door because we feel like this is what God is calling us to do, to open it for you to connect. So take one of these as you go out and read it. Don't leave the 500 that we have on the chairs every Sunday of all the stuff that we hand out. Take it home. Read it. Read it to your spouse right here and connect. We have house fires and interest groups. don't know how many people have said, oh, we're so thankful that you did that. That ain't signed up for nothing. (laughs) But people are asking, why are we doing house fires? Why do we do interest groups? For you to connect. For you to link. You got ones where you can love the Lord your God. You got ones where you can love your neighbor. We're giving you an opportunity not to be awkward in your loving. We're giving you an opportunity not to walk in me. Did I just ask you to serve? No. Did I just ask you to to give a word or to go pray with somebody? No. I'm asking you to connect. Why? Because Jesus connected and he gave us the route and the path to do it. All we need to do is follow. Follow. But when we lose sight of that, when we try to make excuses in the world, we tend to isolate ourselves and isolate our families. A lot of times that's because of trauma. It's because of hurt. It's because of things that have been done to us. We don't feel like connecting. We don't feel like messing with people because they did this and they did that or somebody like them did that. And so we get into isolation. We get out of what we need to be in. Here's what isolation is. Isolation is the state of being in a place or a situation that is separate from others. That's not a hard definition. If you're feeling isolated, who's around you? I've heard this statement from a lot of people before over my life. I can be in a room of 1,000 people, still feel alone and still feel isolated. People loud around me all over the place, and I still feel like I don't know anybody and I'm just, I can't do it. So let's talk about a couple of people and then we're going to end. I'm not going to keep you forever. Let's talk about Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter three. This couple had the ultimate connection. They got to physically be with our creator. How amazing would that be? They got to physically walk through nature and just enjoy his presence right there in front of them. They got to enjoy all the goodness that he built and made around them. They had the ultimate cloud nine experience. Can you imagine? They had it all. They had no want. They had everything. I mean, absolutely everything that they needed. But then they let the enemy come in. The Father didn't send the enemy. They chose to let the enemy come in. Does that not sound like a lot of our lives? Cloud nine experiences, but in that one moment, we chose to let the enemy walk in. So let's read it. Chapter 3, verses 6 to 10. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, trying to justify it, oh, that's good food. McDonald's. That it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. What happened there? They isolated. They hid. Think about it. As many times as we've been in here, as many times we've been in worship service, in his presence, how far do you have to be to hide from that? How much ear do you give to the enemy to hide from his presence? Think about that. Next. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Isn't that amazing how you could hear him walking? And Adam and his wife hid themselves even more. This is the guy that had everything for them. And when they heard him walking through, they hid more. Don't ever get to the point where isolation takes you from hiding from the presence of God. Don't get to that point. among the trees of the garden. Next one. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? When is the last time the Father said that to you? You're going through a time, you don't want nobody to know about it, you don't want to involve anybody, but he's sitting there whispering, where are you? Next verse. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. It's not on there, but the next verse is Eve, or Adam blames Eve. Eve blames a serpent. When you get in isolation and things don't go the way you want them to, and somebody starts holding you accountable, you start making excuses and start blaming everybody else. In this moment, When the Father said, where are you? He was holding them accountable to what they had done. And when they were held accountable, they isolated and retreated back. And that not only affected their connection with God, but it affected their connection with each other. Being in the presence of God... And you're isolated. Have you ever been there in life? So next, let's talk about Elijah. So we're going to talk about chapter 18. It's not on here. But in chapter 18, Isaiah had several mountaintop moments. Verses 37 and 38, he had fire from heaven come down to consume his altar and sacrifice. And he defeated the prophets of Baal. Then in verse 40, it says that the towns of the people there gathered all the prophets of Baal, and then he took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them all. Imagine one man taking or going down all to this valley and killing 450 people with the passion and zeal of the father in him. That's a high. Then next. So back in chapter 17, verse 1, Elijah told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord of God in Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew nor rain during the next few years until I give the word. So chapter 17 and 18 was a few years. And now after he killed all the prophets of Baal, he told Ahab the king he heard a rainstorm coming. After seven times of looking, his servant finally saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Imagine seeing a cloud this big. And having the faith of Elijah to know that rain's coming. Mountaintop. Mountaintop moments. Cloud nine moments. And so after seven times looking, he saw the hand and a tremendous rainstorm came. And the Lord gave uh, Elijah special strength to outrun the king's chariot. Now, I'm not an idiot. I've seen several little movies back in the day in the Roman times. The king probably had to have had the fastest chariot, right? It's got to be. He probably demanded to have the fastest chariot, the fastest horse to carry it. But in this moment, the father gave Elijah special strength to outrun it. While it was raining, probably in the mud, think about how high he was on God and what God was doing in his life at that moment. Monumental highs, big feats, connections with the Father. And then he had his Adam and Eve moment. And it was was a worse moment than the the snake with Adam and Eve. Listen to this. When Ahab got home, this is verse 1 in chapter 19. Sorry, guys. Should have told you. Uh, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And also, how Elijah had executed all the prophets with the sword. So, there you got it. Elijah killed all 450 with a sword. Imagine that. It's amazing. Then, Jezebel, we've all heard Pastor Kevin teach about Jezebel, right? Sent a messenger to Elijah. So, she knew where he was. What's funny is, she didn't go after him, she's the queen. If she knew where he was, why does she just not go and kill him and send people to go get him? Isn't that funny? That's how our enemy does. We're so scared of him sometimes. He knows where we're at. He can just come right at us. But he sends small little threats that paralyze us. So listen to this. Elijah says, or she said all this right here. So let the gods do to me and more also. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, by this time, why wait? You're the queen. You know where he's at. You just sent a messenger right to his spot. She wasn't going to do nothing. She just wanted to send a threat. She knew that the threat would paralyze him. Next thing. And when he saw that he arose and ran for his life, the guy that just did all this, He just killed 450 men. She probably wouldn't have sent 50. She would have over, she she would have just overcompensated and thought she could just take him out with 50 men. And he killed 450. But yet he arose when he saw that. Apparently he was just chilling out, basking in his cloud nine moment. But when he heard that threat, little bitty threat. He arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba. Now, the next part of this verse is what I want us to focus on. He had a servant with him. Remember the servant that saw the cloud? He had somebody with him to help him. If he killed 450, God would give the servant just as much of a spirit to help him kill more. So guess What? He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, praise. And he left his servant there. When you become isolated and scared for your life, you leave everybody to the wayside. And you want to be by yourself. Verse 4, this is my what in the world is he thinking. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree Listen to this. And he prayed that he might die. What? And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's, all because of a simple threat from the enemy. How many times in your life are you there right now where you've heard little threats and you've acted like this? The world's coming to an end. He's done nothing to you. But you just got a little threat in your head. And the world's coming to an end. You forget what all God did in the cloud nine moments over here. And you just can't take it no more. He lost his connection over a small threat, guys. How many times do we lose our connection because we don't see a way out of a certain situation, or we don't see a way out of a relationship or something. Can't lose our connection. Even though the doctor says this is what it is, we can't lose our connection. Where is your connection at? Isolation causes us not want to not connect. And I have a story that I'm going to end with right here. Back in 1999, I went to a church in North Carolina. And let's translate before I went to this church that summer, I had been in Israel with Campus Choir for 10 days. I mean, I can't even begin to describe all the experiences we had. I was there with Dr. Horton, and I was there with Pastors Kevin and Devin also. Just phenomenal time. And I had been in campus choir and at Lee just experiencing all kinds of cloud nine moments for four years. Unbelievable times. And then Pastor Kevin and I went to a a revival in North Carolina for a youth revival. It was supposed to be three days, it lasted nine weeks. And I ended up staying and being the youth pastor there. So guess what happened? I got isolated. I completely got isolated. I'm just being very transparent with you guys here. I love the people of this place, but there was so much religion that I forgot my connection with God. Actually, I forgot my connection with the open box that God had for me. And when I went there, I closed that box to nothing that God had. So I got there, and I was a youth pastor, and I was also the children's pastor there. And I couldn't wait for the weekends. I'd go to Myrtle Beach. I'd go wherever just to get away from that church. Loved the people, but I was so miserable in my religion. And six months before, I was a part of campus choir and all of that. If you don't know what that is, please ask me sometime, and I'll tell you everything that happened there. It was phenomenal. But it took six months for me to forget that and lose my link. And I'm just going to be very transparent here. I was preaching on Sunday mornings. I was preaching on, or doing devotions on Wednesday nights. I never read. I never prayed. I never studied. If I had to preach on Sunday morning, I'd quickly get three points of introduction and conclusion. Fill it in real quick and I'd have my thing because in North Carolina, Especially during race season, if you weren't done by 12, you had an empty house. So it was just a time where you had to, I was just busy, and I was just in, just in the mode of routine and religion. And I was isolating myself more and more and more. And I remember my mom would call sometimes, how you doing? I'm great, I'm excellent, how are you doing? And I was lying through my teeth. And then I had my mentor who I actually worked for the 18 years before I came here. And uh, he was my youth pastor. And he called me like the last, you know, uh, my fourth year there and said, hey, I don't have a youth pastor. I'd love to get you to come back here. Oh, yeah, we'll see what God does. I'll pray about it. Didn't pray about it one time. He called me for eight weeks straight and said, has God spoke to you about anything? Nope, not at all. But I'll, I'll let you know if he does. I was so ingrained and rooted in my isolation that I couldn't see straight. I couldn't see that God had more for me. Four years before, God was doing whatever he wanted to in my life. I remember standing at one of those services there, and I was just standing there in worship, not doing anything. And I I remembered back when I was in campus choir, and I was a fuddy-duddy. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to dance, but I wanted to, but I didn't. And my mother, she's been passed away for about 13 years now, but she was a worshiper. She's all out. And so when we did that, we go on campus choir, and I wanted to dance so bad and just really, really let God do something in me. And this one time, Dr. Horton, we were singing a thing called Who Can Satisfy? And he always did it one more time. And I was like, on the fourth time, I was like, Father, if he does it again, I'm going to dance. And I was just stand, I would always stand like this right here and do the golf clap during worship because I just, it just wasn't in me. So he handed, he did his hand like that, and I was like, I'm gonna do it. So I just jumped off and did a dance right there. Next thing I knew, I was woke up, laid out on the ground, snot everywhere. <laughs> this was in Missouri, at a church in Missouri on a Sunday night. Guess who was over me praying, speaking in tongues, snotting all over me? My mother. She got to see that. And what's funny is I was just sitting there, and there was other people like me in the choir, real reserved and stuff, and they were over there dancing and stunting like crazy. And when I was in North Carolina and stuck in this isolation, this religion, I was sitting there thinking about I was like, God, I need to get back to that. So long story short, I finally came back to Chickamauga, that my mentor was. And the first Sunday I was there, that's when they used to have the chairs on the stage. You had to go up there and sit, and it was embarrassing to no end. But four years to the date of when I was in campus choir experiencing all those things, I was at a church service that was, God was doing a work in the altar, and I had no clue what to do. I was scared to death. I almost got off the stage and went and hid. Isolation. The pastor was like, get down here and pray. And I was like, I don't know how to. And I was a pastor. I didn't even feel like a Christian because my isolation had taken me so far back. So if you would stand. And tonight, I know I've kept you a little while, but I just really wanted to get this to you. Your connection Means something to God. Your connection to Him and your connection to your neighbors, people in this church. There is no reason why we can't connect out. We can't be a part of this summer wave. We can't be a part of house fires and interest groups. I don't care if it doesn't interest you. I don't care if you don't know who it is. Find out. I will tell you everything you need to know about every house fire and interest group. I'll tell you everything you need to know about our summer wave. Just ask me, I'm in the foyer the whole time on Sundays and Wednesdays, my name's Hanrahan. But don't isolate yourself, there's a real consequence in your life when you become isolated because you don't want to you don't want to connect. Jesus gave us the two most important commandments two most important he said so he didn't ask he didn't say hey if you would kindly do that he said this is a commandment so with every head bowed and every eye closed I first of all want to ask this I don't know if we have any altar workers but I just want to be kind of ready but tonight if you're in here and you have never accepted Jesus into your heart you're here because you're kind of curious or somebody got you to come or you know whatever i don't know if there's anybody in here like that tonight but i always want to leave an opportunity open if you've heard what i've said and you you have a hard time connecting in life your connection is with people of the outside world that aren't good for you And you just need something new and you'd like to accept him and get him in your heart tonight If that's you raise your hand anybody at all I'm not gonna linger long but is there anybody that wants to accept him and get that connection with him to where he can move you out and get connections with others anybody at all just raise your hand and put it right back down all right I just wanted to give opportunity the next thing I want to have for this altar call is this right here if you're living in isolation if you're one of those people that it's it's hard to connect, it's hard to really get plugged in, it's hard to really love others and you've backed yourself, you've put everybody else in your life to the side and you're by yourself and you feel alone, you feel just isolated to no end. If that's you, I want you to come down to these altars and get with one of these altar team members because we want to pray with you tonight. Is there anybody at all this is for you and I'm not trying to be mean or sarcastic and I'm really not but if you really think about it if nobody comes down here then everybody in here is saying we connect good and we're great at connecting so I want you to think about that where is your connection in life seriously not what you want everybody else to hear where your connection's at, but really, what is your connection? Come on, I want to pray. Father, I give you glory tonight. And Father, if there's someone who is a little timid to come down, Father, please help them know we're down here to pray even after we dismiss and everything goes, God. Because, Father, it's better to be out in the light than to be in the dark and isolated. And God, help us to see that this is what has got to happen, Father. We have got to get real and we have got to get serious about connection. Not just connection with you, God. We, we can get that and we got that to a really good level. But it's our connection with our neighbors It's our love for our neighbors, just like we love ourselves, God, that we have got to get back on par with how we love you. So God, tonight as we dismiss and as we let the people go, God, help them to take a good evaluation of where their connection is in life. Father, I praise you and I give you glory and honor and thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. We got, still got some praying down here at the altars. Thank you for coming tonight. Grab papers as you go out about the summer wave and all that. And have a good night.